here is singer-songwriter, broadcaster, audio-video artist, entertainment agent and your host for the Dharmic Evolution. It's the master storyteller himself, James Kevin O'Connor. Hey, all you fans of the Dharmic Evolution Podcast, thank you for being here once again. And for those of you who are new to the space, my job is to uncover the best of the best indie singer-songwriters, musicians, bands, authors, speakers, and thought leaders from around the world and present them to you before they get discovered by the mainstream. This is the podcast you will find undiscovered talent before they hit the big time. It's what we do. Before we get into today's show, just want to remind you of a couple of things. Number one, if you dig the show, please forward it to someone who might like to hear this show. Also, my book, Seven Steps to Mental Freedom, is out. It was written to help people who suffer from depression and anxiety. You can go to 7stepstomentalfreedom.com. That's the number seven, stepstomentalfreedom.com. Check it out. You can look at what's available there. There's a great explanation and a video telling you all about what is 7 Steps to Mental Freedom all about. Well, it's about something you can do for yourself to enhance your life. If you have not yet taken advantage of the Dharmic Rising Stars Spotify playlist series, you're missing out. If you've had a show with me, then you are entitled to have your place in the sun. On the Dharmic Rising Stars Spotify playlist, we have four of them. There's over 100 artists, 100 songs on there. Going back in our catalog of over 340-something shows, I think we're up to now, we have quite a bit of unique and awesome music that most people have never heard. So I encourage you to check out those playlists. You can find them in the show notes with every single show that we do. And you can check out and find out who is your competition or who are you a fan of. You can also forward that to a friend and have them check out who's on this playlist anyway and which playlist is there. Well, we've got four hot playlists and they were named after the star constellations. They are Lyra, Aquila, Orion, and our latest new one is called Scorpius. If you've had a show with me and you don't see or hear your music on one of these playlists, reach out to me, James, at dharmicevolution.com, and I'll make sure your latest track gets put up there and starts tracking immediately. So let's get into today's show. Um, I love doing these. This is called Spotlight Series. This is number five, the fifth time we've done this. And we select four artists who are outstanding in their field. Um, as anybody who's on this show is really outstanding. So it's really a tough thing to pick. But um, we're going to start with Sam Kuhn. Uh, he's from Georgia. And his original show was DE337. And then I'm going to present Holly Lovelady from the UK, DE336. Zach Linton follows her with DE331. He is from Perth, Australia, and he's got a story to tell. And finally, Teresa Guidry, DE311 from our own um, homegrown Nashville, Tennessee. She has got a song and a story to tell you. So I get so excited when I get a chance to do these shows because I kind of revisit uh, 
the wonderful time I had interviewing these artists, not just the music that they have, which is so compelling, and I'm a bigger fan than anybody out there of their music, as I am of pretty much anybody who comes on the Dharmic Evolution. Otherwise, I wouldn't invite them, <laughs> but it's just a rush to hear the conversation and talk music, talk songwriting, talk instruments, gear, uh, equipment, tours, you name it, nothing is um, off the table when it comes to talking music. Before I introduce our first artist, I just want to let you guys know that all four of these artists, um, I hunted them down on either Instagram, So Far Sounds, Facebook, um, you name it. I look for people with talent. I love doing this. And all four of these came from not an agency. Nobody called me up and hawked me or emailed me about them. Uh, I found them just because they had great music and I reached out and said, hey, come on my show because um, you got something going on here. So do me one big favor. If you dig any of these artists or even all of them, please forward this show to a friend of yours who is musical or even if they're just a fan, that's cool. They don't have to be a musician. Um, and I'm sure the artist involved would appreciate that uh, immensely. So let's start with Sam Kuhn. Um, couldn't believe the pipes this guy has and the songwriting talent. Really so impressive. Um, you're going to love this song that we're going to play in just a few minutes, but I'm going to pick it up uh, right from the interview, which was DE337. And all these links will be in the show notes. If you guys want to hear the whole interview for these artists, I would suggest uh, you do that so you can learn more about them. Um, but Sam was talking about the original um, opportunity he got to front a band called Just a James. He sort of co-fronted it, and it was kind of a hybrid gig where he was playing acoustic guitar and doing vocals uh, right before he struck out on his own. So we'll pick it up right from that conversation, and we're going to feature his track, Best of Us. Enjoy this. It, it was, and I mean, the band was at the top of their game. I mean, we had a fiddle player that would play devil goes down to Georgia. Devil went down to Georgia and she'd set her bow on fire and blow like paraffin at the end of the song. And we had like two lead guitar players. One was like a metal guy, had this crazy drummer. He was like a metal drummer. He'd do anything though. Well, and, it sounds uh, like a dangerous act. Did you guys get arrested <laughs> for arson or anything like that in any of these clubs? You played? No, but I think that we uh, pushed it close one time because the ceiling was pretty low at one show. And she, oh, did, man. Michelle didn't hesitate, just blew that fire. And we were all like, oh, Lord. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was fun, though. Yeah. Also, I bet you uh, you carried some uh, songwriting uh, ideas from uh, from those experiences, or maybe they haven't manifested yet. But uh, you never lose that stuff, you know. Yeah, absolutely. When did you get serious as a writer? Like, when did it like um, start to hit you, like in your career, that you had this songwriting ability? I think I've always written probably since I picked up a guitar when I was 15. Um, I think in college, so I was in college from 2005 to 2009. Um, and I started singing more at that point. And I was actually a rock singer for a while. That's all I cared about was rock and roll. Yeah. And uh, so I started writing then, but I think when country came into the picture was after this experience with Jesta James. And I, I just got used to it to a point where I really enjoyed it, and I, I noticed the songwriting was a lot more fun. You could tell more stories. 
Um, and I got more introduced to co-writing, you know, like with several other people. And I'm like, man, I don't see myself going back to anything but this after a while. So it was, yeah. it was a pleasant transition into country for me. You know, um, I'm just in, I'm just really curious as to how you flipped the switch. Um, you mentioned the storytelling, but like fr- from rock to country is, um, you know, it's, it's such a different thing because your sound is, would, I suspect it would be more stripped down now, which allows um, your vocal personality to come out and tell the story probably with more, less things in the way. You know what I mean? Like, you don't need layers and layers of, you know, we got a stack of keyboards and, you know, two Marshall stacks going and, and you know, it, it, gets pretty, yeah. it gets pretty busy in the room for some of these recordings. Uh-huh. So was there, a, was there a pivotal moment that you remember that you said, oh, I wrote X song that kind of opened the door for me that allowed this new sound to start to manifest? I think that um, when I wrote If Heaven Has a Back Door, that was kind of my, really my debut uh, country single that came out. And I wrote that, uh, we went to Nashville, me and my best friend, Alex Pennington Smith, um, took a trip up there and wrote with uh, Jason Afable and Eric Webb. And I just had this idea for, you know, for that song. Um, and we ended up writing it and it just started on keys and that was it. And so we kind of developed this demo around that. Uh, but once, you know, it was all said and done, the song was finished. It was like you said, there just wasn't a lot of stuff in the way where my voice could just carry. Um, and I got, you know, good feedback from that. So ever since then, that's kind of what I try to cater towards. Like I like, you know, don't get me wrong, coming from rock, I like having some loud guitars and and stuff like that, but the dynamic of the song, um, I like those choruses, you know, that can kind of soar, yeah, a little bit and really and really have its its moment. But but yeah, yeah, the song kind of always seems to dictate where to go, you know. Like the song mm-hmm. seems to have a life and a mind of its own that's saying, "No, nah, no, nah, we don't need any more layers," you know. It's just it's it's coming together just fine, you know. Three piece, four piece, whatever it is. Um, yeah, the co writing thing. Was that a surprise for you when you, um, the first time you started co-writing with people, was it a pleasant surprise, like an awakening that you said, hey, there's something here I, I don't, didn't even realize it was so cool that it's happening? I mean, I think it was one of those experiences where you realize, you know, more heads are better than one when you come together on an idea. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's not something I ever wanted to rely on, you know, like where I, you know, don't want to write anything by myself anymore but i i know like once i can be around certain writers that i really trust for my stuff at least um it's always a better idea you know to have several people involved and that way you can you know bounce around ideas what works what doesn't work and you can really talk out um what's best for the song because a lot of times you can get boxed in your own head and can't break through to the next or to the second verse is usually where i have the hardest time yeah um but just, you know, scenarios like that. But I, I think that um, depending on who you write with, especially, and you can trust them, and they're, you know, I think it's important to be friends, too, with these people that you write with because you can really you can really come up with some crazy stuff that, like, I know myself probably wouldn't have come up with by myself. So it's, yeah. uh, it's, it's nothing but positive to me, though, to be able to co-write with people. Yeah, the— You uh, can share that with them. The personal connection is so important because um, you got to have that. You got to both be on that wavelength, you know, of, um, 
you know, I like and respect this person. So when they come up with something, I'm going to take that really seriously, you know, as opposed to just, hey, we were assigned <laughs> to a room, you know, whether it's BMI yeah. or whoever it is. And you go to go to this room and write something that's that's kind of challenging to do that when you don't have the chemistry all worked out. Um, mm -hmm. I want to just, you, I mean, you pick up on, on things from other people too. You pick up on some of their craft and take it with you. So yeah. It's an ever, and, and vice versa. You know, like, I'm sure that, you know, it's a learning experience both ways, you know, for everybody, I'm sure. Um, I want to introduce this song, uh, uh, for, to give everybody a, a little taste here. This is called the best of us. Stop, liquor shop, hitting lead for speed on the throttle Tonight just taking heavy shots, every drop Till there ain't much left in the bottle She's getting so damn tired of apologizing Hoping she didn't do much more than drunk dialing But no one can break her heart better than she can Girl, we all say things we don't mean Show aside there's hard to see Feel like no amount of praying Can make up for the times we're wasted We all sure can't tend to think That life ain't fair and roads and things Forgetting every bit of magic No matter how big we have it But life keeps on gonna pick yourself up it happens to the best of us Slamming screen doors they headed for His truck and he was revved up mad They had some words you thought he would've learned The last time he put her down like that Yeah, tomorrow there's gonna be some apologizing Even a really good man can find himself sliding Man, we all say things we don't mean I'm sure aside there's hard to see Feel like no amount of praying Can make up for the times we wasted We all sure can't tend to think That life ain't fair and roads and things Forgetting every bit of magic No matter how big we have it But life keeps on gonna pick yourself up it happens to the best of us For the time we wasted We all sure can't tend to think That life ain't fair and roads and things Forgetting every bit of magic No matter how big we have it But life keeps on gonna pick yourself up Cause it happens to the best of us and grab you by the heartstrings, you don't have a pulse, my dear.
that was killer. Um, I know you guys enjoyed that, Sam Kuhn. Um, next, we are going over to the UK, and we're going to visit with Holly Lovelady. And her episode, if you want to check out the entire interview, is DE337, and her featured song is called Something in the Way, which we're going to play, and you'll get a sense of what kind of vocalist she is. One of the things I found so appealing and endearing about Holly, like I do with most musicians, is their sense of humor. And uh, I started, like, you know, just kind of jabbing her a little bit about her skateboarding. And uh, I saw her on Instagram, and I was kind of like, this is really cool. Look at her right on the skateboard. So we had some good uh, back and forth about that. I suggested that her mom introduce her on stage by coming on stage, uh, floating in on a skateboard. <laughs> So so we had a really good time. So let's pick it up. Uh, Holly is talking about her tour that she not only went to the Cannes Film Festival, or is it Cannes? It's always got that plural S, but that's French, but I think it's called Cannes. And uh, that was part of her tour. And she's also touring the UK and Ireland it's her first real tour, and uh, so just happy for her, proud of her. Like, you know, we just met, but we came, became instant friends, like I do with so many people on this uh, this uh, platform, Dharmic Evolution, one of my, this the best job I've ever had in my life, and I will continue to do this job probably forever. So uh, strap up your seatbelts. You're going to love this. This is Holly Lovelady. So lots to talk about here today. Um, yeah. And you're a skateboarder. I love it. I've been checking out your Instagram stuff. You look like a ballerina on that thing. What are you doing? How did you develop that? <laughs> oh, do you know, um, I only started skateboarding in October as like a hobby, and, but I can surf um, and I just love it. It's so great to just be able to go outside on a good day when we do get no rain in England and just razz around. It's fab. So this must this must have some um, inspirational um, motivation for your creativity and your songwriting, no? Because you look so happy and so free on that thing, and I like the the, uh, the little U turns and the things that you're doing. You get down really low. You look like you're ready to do jumps and everything else too. Before we get into all the topics, because you have some exciting things. You've got a tour coming up. You've got the Cannes Film Festival. Is that right? That's coming up. Um, so many exciting yeah, things. Yeah. Let me ask you about <laughs> your touring coming up. You're going to tour the UK and Ireland. So happy and excited for you. This sounds like really, really I cool. Am. This is going to happen this fall, coming up this fall? Yes, it's going to start in Dublin um, on the 2nd of September. And it'll be my first official proper tour. Nervous, but very excited. I love Ireland, so I can't wait to um, share my songs live. Very, very exciting. Now, tell me about, are you going to go, are you doing this tour just solo, just all by yourself, you and piano? Is that the, is that the usual um, stage presentation? Um, not usually. Um, in the past, I've performed with, you know, bass guitar, drums, um, and guitar. But um, this time, it's just me and my piano, my skateboard, and my mum. That's the setup for this, for this tour, and that's when I'm at my most comfortable is just me and a piano because I'm in complete control and that's that's just me at my most comfortable. Um, so yeah, that's the setup for this tour. 
Now, that's great. So you've got the support system going. Your mom is there and your skateboard. Now, does your mom skateboard also? Just checking. No. <laughs> no. no, she doesn't. I thought there might be a chance. I, oh, I my word. That would be a catastrophe. I, I, st- I was just throwing one out there. I know this was a, a curveball, but... <laughs> I love that though. I love that you asked the question. Yeah, because I was just, I had this image of her skateboarding on stage and introducing you. I thought that would be really cool. <laughs> That's a great idea. Yeah. I'll have to get her, get her on the board before September. <laughs> yeah, start doing a little, it's, it's you know. It's definitely something uh, different. Work her into rehearsal. It'd be great, you know. <laughs> so, so so I, I, I don't want to I don't want to uh, go off the tour yet because it sounds like this is going to be really fun, you know, really, really fun time. I picked out a couple of songs that I think are really uh, important uh, for us to share with the audience today. And uh, I want to start with um, something in the way. So can we start with that one and then talk about it? Yeah, for sure. Here we go. There's something in the way that you walk There's something in the way that you talk There's something in the way that you look at me That makes me fall apart There's something in the way of us There's something in the way Disappear 
there's something in the way of Yeah. What a voice. Do you agree? I hear you shaking your head yes. Yeah, that was cool. Really loved hanging with Holly. What a sweet young lady. Please support her. It's DE336. And just go on the website, dharmicevolution.com, for any of these interviews. And there's a little um, uh, search bar up top. You can either type in the, the number or the artist's name, and it'll take you right to the episode. And you can listen to the whole thing right on the website or download it if that's your preference. Coming up next, we've got Zach Linton. We're going to Perth, Australia. Yes, indeed, it is on the western side of Australia. And I didn't know much about uh, Perth, Australia or the western side, but I learned a lot from this episode. And I found Zach on So Far Sounds doing a live performance for a bunch of lucky people. And this guy was just killer on acoustic guitar. But he plays it all. I mean, he, if you guys like um, Stevie Ray Vaughan uh, or any of like uh, John Meyer, you know, he's he's that world. So you're going to have to really dig this. Um, check it out. Send this to anybody who's a fan of this kind of music. I think they're going to love this guy. He's undiscovered right now. But we here at the Dharmic Evolution, we discover everybody who's good and we get them first. So I had a great time hanging with Zach. I love talking music, guitars, gear, pretty much anything under the sun. Music is my wheelhouse, and I just loved hanging out and making a new friend. This guy is going places. Uh, he's very determined. He's very talented. And if you like Stevie Ray, um, his featured song is called Balance. So check this out, my interview with Zach Linton. DE331. You can check it out, the full interview on the website. Enjoy this one. Hopefully there's more to come. We're playing today at a venue called Gov's Bar on Rottnest Island. Uh, so that's going to be pretty cool. Be a good gig. It's like a small blues club kind of atmosphere in there. So that, that should be a really good gig. And we're doing it as a trio kind of a bluesy sort of thing so so you're playing today to so you you just yeah. i just got you out of bed so i'm i'm, like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like like we're on opposite ends of the spectrum here but uh, you know yeah, and yeah. i'm so i'm so happy that you accommodated me uh by get offering to get up early because that's the last thing i ever hear from musicians you know who oh, want to like, get it's up. like with vampires really isn't it it's, it's like, like yeah <laughs> it's like are you kidding and... like my son plays down in Austin as a singer-songwriter, yeah. and uh, yeah. I don't even try calling him until afternoon yeah. sometime, you know? So, but, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, yeah, for you offered, you said, hey, I'll get up early for this. And I said, oh, that's great, yeah. because as doing the broadcast, man, I fade like 8 o'clock, that's 8.30, that's too late for me to do, to do yeah. this, because I have to, you know, I, I got to be up for it, you know, feel, feel really yeah. good about it. So, so that is really cool news. So tell me more about, now that you're, because I saw you as a soloist, and you did a great yeah. job. You used just a little bit of effect on the loop, which was really cool. And so you could yeah. solo over what you were doing. But um, you said you're playing three-piece. So I'm assuming yeah. bass and drums. And you got the guitars covered uh, if you need, you know, yeah. two of them using <laughs> yeah. electronics, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Excellent. so we've been playing as a trio, yeah. And um, 
it's it's been it's been awesome. Done a few gigs around the city, like I said before, and playing solo for so long. Um, it's it's been great to pick up the electric guitar again, you know, and yeah, getting to shred on that a bit more. So yeah, it's, it's been good. So what is your um is your ultimate like presentation of your music? three piece or do you you know you're saying money's no object you can hire whoever you want is it what would it be yeah. would it be four piece five piece with keyboards like how would you yeah. have your best presentation of your music um i do i do like the three piece because it's so open to what everyone i mean you can have a jam you know and, and kind of wing things as well i like i like to jam you know i like to be rehearsed but i also like to have fun doing a gig so i think a three-piece, you know, you can you can break things down and and um, you know you can hear a song on the way to a gig or whatever and do a cover of it. Um, whereas I would actually like a keyboard player as well. I do like the elements of having the keys there. Yeah. Um, so probably eventually we'll try and get a keys player involved and yeah, probably in in the end yeah get a, get a keys player involved. I think it that brings just a completely different element to the music. Yeah. And plus, all this stuff I'm writing does have keys in it, so right, it would make more sense. <laughs> it yeah, it's, sense. no, it's it always, you know, it always fills out. Just having that little bit of yep. symphonic stuff in the background is really, really nice. You know, some strings or whatever. Um, yep. Just having textures makes the guitar stand out. I think. So you said you've been on the trail of going from solo artist to all of a sudden, you know, not all of a sudden, but gradually switching over. How is the environment? you know, in your area for um, accepting of, you know, original artists? Are there pockets that are more friendly to that? Or like, is it all located in one place? Like, where do you go for where they really are receptive to original artists? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a good question. Uh, mainly the bigger venues in in the city here, um, there's, there's a big music scene, obviously, in the center of the city and such some really cool cool venues there. And Fremantle, which is close to Perth too, which is, um, a, again, an amazing vibe there. Um, but, yeah, the, the main venues are obviously around, around the city and I'm trying to get involved more on playing, you know, getting a lineup together of, like, three bands, four bands, and then hitting venues up and saying, look, we've got this show, we've got these bands ready to play what dates have you got for us you know yeah that's what i'm focusing more now i've only just kind of entered this scene you know so yeah obviously so. mainly playing solo and you know earning an income doing it now i'm wanting to focus more on my actual music that i'm writing so yeah so tell so, me yeah. about geography like um how stretched will this make you is it something where you have to go out and spend like a week to do a tour like to cover the amount of miles that you would that you would do like how many like how much how much I, I guess i'm trying to ask like could you plan a tour in western australia yeah um that could sustain for like like let's say a month or two uh without going all the way over to the east side because i guess that's that would be pretty expensive you know to go all the way to, it would it would be very expensive yeah, yeah especially Sydney. In fuel. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah i mean i mean you wouldn't you, yeah. i mean you'd have to maybe you'd have to drive but i mean that would take you like how long would that take you to get over there oh it'd take ages to to get to south australia probably a day and a half of driving something like that yeah yeah day and a half yeah so you'd have Obviously, to without breaks yeah pretty much yeah 
But as far as WA goes, you could go north, you know, drive 13 hours north to Exmouth, play there. Then you could go to the other towns leading up to Broome, up to the near the top. And then obviously then you're going, getting closer to the Northern Territory. Um, and then down south, even down south, there's a, a place called Margaret River over here. That's okay. an amazing spot. There's some great live music venues down there. So you can definitely, definitely do a tour here. Yeah. Without a doubt. Um, you could probably do it over a month. That's great. Quite easily. And that's without even obviously touching South Australia, the Northern Territory. So it's a really great place to do a tour just in one state, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's awesome. Yeah. So, t so tell me about, say you're traversing from the West side all the way over to the East and you're driving, you get to the center of Australia. What do you got? Do you got yeah. just kangaroos? Or do you have like uh, yeah, you've got you've got a few cool towns. You've got like Alice Springs and stuff. And I mean, I, I wouldn't know too many. Yeah. The good thing is here as well. There's a lot of mining, a lot of mine sites. So on the way to you know these kind of remote towns, you can do a mine site gig or something. You know. Right. Um, they gotta which have is good, good bars. Well. Yeah, that's right. it. And yeah. there's loads of small towns within um, WA, like in the Wheat Belt part which is quite quite remote out of the city and there's these small towns everywhere you know with a, with a main pub and stuff where you could probably do a cover gig on your way to to a, you know another venue somewhere right um so what are we I'm mining out there zach are we mining bitcoin or are we mining gold or like, <laughs> yeah. like what's going on out there <laughs> also I mean, the, the main things here is um iron ore mining uh -huh. um there's a there's a bit of uh, lithium mining south of where i am about two hours south um, and obviously a lot of gold mining too. Yeah. So I've played some of the mine sites, some of the mine sites before. Yeah. Australia's really, famous really cool for, their, for their gold. Yeah. 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 So yeah, a lot of gold mining. Yeah. So it sounds like, you know, I'm helping you book your tour to get you going out there, man. Like hey, we're working, <laughs> yeah. working this thing out, you know? <laughs> well, that's great that you have a, a cool music scene. Let's talk about gear a little bit, if you don't mind. I love talking guitar gear and things. So, yeah. Um, when you're playing out live, what, what is yeah. your rig like? What are you using to get your sounds? Um, I use orange amps. I love orange amps. Okay. Um, so I'm using at the moment, a smaller venue, I'll use a tiny terror. I'll just use a tiny terror with, with the one by 12 cab, you know, mic'd off. It just works. And then, um, as far as pedals and stuff go, um, nothing special really, you know, a wah, a chorus pedal. I don't really use boost pedals or anything. I just use the amp and roll the volume on the guitar. Yeah. Um, and guitar-wise, just mainly the Fenders, Yiggy Gibsons, you know? Nothing um, fancy, really, just kind of stock standard rock, you know? I saw you had that, um, um, you have that gold top Les Paul. Uh, what year is that? Yeah, one? yeah. It's a 69. Wow, um, wow. Pete Townsend owned that, yeah. I bet, you know? <laughs> yeah yeah it'd be nice it'd be worth a, worth a lot if you do i have a 1956 um, les paul special yeah. oh really 56 F 56 yeah, wow. yeah yeah so yeah, wow. somebody sold it to me many many years ago he came in yeah. bought a bunch of them from a collector and he called me up all excited i bought it for 500 dollars. Yeah. i was very, <laughs> 500 so bucks, i was yeah. like i was like 19 or 20 at the time i was like wow yeah wow so but yeah, yeah, awesome. yeah guitars are just they're just great you know they're just really oh, I, just, I just love guitars you know it's definitely a big passion is not just playing guitar but you know 
playing different ones and um, buying them when you when I've saved some money. So yeah, it's great. something about the feel, the look, and the smell. Sometimes you open the case and it's yeah, like that's yeah, like yeah. an old friend in there, man. It's like wow, it this is just amazing, and they don't they don't yeah. change. They, they, that smell is like there forever. You know, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got to be a yeah. guitar player to to know all about that. So I want to introduce this next one. This one is called Balance. up all night and get it right <laughs> oh zach linton that really rocked i love that that stevie edge that he's got in that tune really really cool really enjoyed the zach and uh we'll stay in touch with him for sure keep an eye on that young man out in perth australia see now you have an australian friend uh, because by virtue of being a friend of the Dharmic Evolution, isn't this cool? We're connecting people all around the world. I love doing this. So next on the block, we have 
Teresa Guidry. Now, let me tell you this story. Um, I was just checking the surfing, you know, going on. I don't like to be on social media, but I have to be um, because that's sort of my job is to find out what's going on. So I happened to see a post that Teresa put up and I didn't know anything about her, um, but I saw her little uh, promo about her new song coming out. So I checked it out and I said, this is very cool. Um, great vocals, so well done, so well constructed. And she was really fun. I think she said, I may have this wrong, but I think she said this was her first podcast uh, that she did, her first interview on a podcast. So um, I said, well, you know, serendipity rules. Here we go. Uh, I'll take it. This is, this is good. Her song just came out. She just came on. I just happened to see her. So the whole thing connected really, really fast. And I was really happy to um, be able to uh, share her music with all of you folks um, because she's really, really good. You can check out the entire interview with Teresa on DE311, that's 311, and I'm really happy to feature this song uh, called Paris. So sit back, enjoy this, and follow Teresa on Instagram. Teresa, welcome to the Dharmic Evolution. Thank you so much for being here today. Uh, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be doing my first podcast with you. And you guys just missed it because we had a spider in the room and we almost had to cancel the whole interview because of the spider. And Teresa was hoping her fiance would hurry up and come home with a big hammer and come in and kill it before we could, you know, get get thrown out of the room here. Yeah, I was in the middle of like a very deep um, conversation and all of a sudden I'm like, I'm sorry, there's a spider. <laughs> <laughs> but we're okay, right? He left or, I'm, or she well, left? Well, I mean, it is still somewhere in this room, so I'm not going to say that it's not on my mind, but I'm just going to try to <laughs> focus for this podcast. This is, a, this is a special week because we're celebrating your new release, uh, a record called Paris, which I fell in love with the first time I heard. So when, when did this come out? Just uh, last couple weeks, month ago? Just... Um, it came out last Friday, actually. We wow. released the single and um, the music video on the same day. And it's just gotten a really great response. And it's been super exciting. It's kind of been a whirlwind couple, actually a few weeks for me. And um, yeah, it's just really exciting. This is a project I've been working on for a while. So yeah. So serendipitous how that worked, because I only I only met you like less than two weeks ago, I think. And uh and I came across your music and, and your, your profile on Facebook and I reached out and I'm so happy that uh, we were able to get together because this is great timing. The song, Paris, uh, you're a little country girl in, from North Carolina <laughs> in, in Nashville now, right? So Well, you're, you're technically writing... South Carolina, <laughs> oh, but South Carolina. I, am right, I am right up on the border, so it's pretty close. So I'm from Rock Hill, South Carolina, um, and... It's like right up near Charlotte, North Carolina. I mean, you just go up the highway for like 20 minutes and you are in North Carolina. So it's pretty close. Yeah. So so the transition to Nashville, let's start with that. Um, did, you, did you have like an epiphany, like when at a certain age and you just said it's time to go or were you planning this for a long time or like what was the, what was the impetus that got to you to say, I need to move down there like for my music? 
Um, I mean, honestly, I had just been dreaming about it for a long time. I've loved music forever. I started playing the guitar and writing. I mean, I was writing since I was like a kid. It's one of those things that you kind of look back on and you don't realize you were doing that. But then I'm like, oh, I remember me and my middle school best friend made up a, a dance song called Twist and Pop It. And I remember being on the elementary school bus, uh, planning a music video with my best friend and coming home and telling my mom that we were going to jump off a waterfall and swim in dolphins. And so it's always kind of been on my mind. <laughs> but then when I picked up the guitar at 15 and really started writing, um, it really kind of started to resonate with me. And then the show Nashville came out when I was in college living in Charleston. And I would just sit on my couch in my apartment with like full body chills, like, oh my God, I wanna go to Nashville. I wanna play at the Bluebird, I've gotta go there. Um, but at the time I had like a long-term boyfriend who had, I had kind of moved to that, to Charleston for, that's where I was. And I was so scared to leave that. And I was 20 and at that time I just, I don't know, I just kind of said, screw it. <laughs> I'm going to go. And you know, the relationship didn't end up working out. But honestly, it was all like meant to be it really was it was kind of one of those things. As soon as I got here, I just started meeting people who made it feel like it was perfectly made for me and that I was doing the right thing. And so I was 20 years old, I didn't really know anybody, I didn't have a job. Um, I kind of just walked around looking for serving jobs when I got here. And it was just one of those things that, you know, one event led to another, but um, I didn't question it when I moved here at all. It was, you know, it just felt really right. Yeah. Did you, have you had a chance to play at the Bluebird? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I have a few times actually. And uh, it was kind of surreal the first few times, especially when I first moved here because um, my first apartment was kind of like right across the street from there. And so um, I would stand in line and like wait to get in there. And then you get in there and it's so much smaller than you think. Yeah. And, um, all the chairs have like plaques on the back of who sat there, like Taylor Swift and, you know, tons of people. And so, um, yeah, no, when I first moved to Nashville, I got to play there. Um, and Ooh. I've played there a few times since. And it's just, I mean, it really is magical because that was one of the first places that I just dreamt about playing in Nashville. The reputation is far greater than the building size, right? Yeah, it's like in between like a dry cleaner and something else. Yeah, it, it. it's so surprising, you know, you, you know, because everybody talks about it all over the country, you know, and it's like, wow, that's it, that little tiny place, you know, but that's okay. It's some music that happens inside that's important, you know. Absolutely. So I want to ask you about um, the production on Paris because it's so great. It's such a good song and um, so well produced. Can you take us in the studio on how you guys built this song and who was involved? Absolutely. So um, doing this song, you know, I've had I've been in Nashville for almost seven years now. And so I've had quite the, you know, run around with different producers, different sounds, different like ways to approach it. And with this one, I don't know, I've, I've been here for almost seven years and I just wanted to do it right. I wanted it to really resonate with me. I wanted to find somebody that I looked up to. And so I kind of just shopped around different producers until I found somebody that I really liked their sound. And um, his name is Sam Hart and he had just moved here from California. And he originally produced like um, high ends, like, professional Christian music like for the radio but like his sound was just so good that I was like hey <laughs> I mean like your stuff sounds great and so um he actually has a home studio out in like Thompson Station and um 
I drove all the way out there. And when I first like kind of went down like the gravel road, I'm like, is this guy going to murder me? Because, (laughs) 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 because it was like a long gravel road in the woods. And I'm like, uh, yeah, David, (laughs) turn on my location. (laughs) Um, but no, Sam is great. He's like, he has a wife, uh, several children and, um, they're just like a sweet, sweet family. But um, our it's just one of those things where our energies matched really well. Like I could tell that he was really, he respected me as an artist and he really like was listening to what I was trying to say. And he's super, super talented. He, pay, he played every single instrument on the song and produced it by himself. And so like, he's just a really, really talented guy. And um, when we were in there, I mean, it was just kind of the thing that I showed him the song acoustically. And he was like, what if we changed, you know, the um, chord progression a little bit. And so we both like kind of met in the middle and that he'd be like, how about this? And I'm like, I like that, but can we change that one part to this? And then it was just one of those things where, um, you know, we just really went in together and fine tuned it until we both really were pleased with the sound and even afterwards you know he would send me the song and i would he had this great thing where i could go to a certain time and write a note for that part and he would be able to change that for me and so it really was just like honing into what i really wanted this to sound like there was no egos involved he was really just like a great person to work on this project with yeah sometimes uh just changing the voicings on the chords you know like inspires you in a different way and takes you down a different path you know and rather than just stay with um you know whatever the inversion was you change the inversion or change your bass note or the inflection of the chord or you know the color of it and it opens you up as the writer and the vocalist to say wow i never thought of i'll grab this note now when i'm singing you know and all these cool things start to happen you know yeah i mean absolutely like um in the song paris at the very end i kind of hit this big like grand belting note or I drag it out. And that was his idea. That wasn't in the song originally. He's like, what if we did this? And to me, that's what made it on the drive home. I played that back and it gave me chills. And so I was like, you know, it's just one of those things where you get in a room with someone talented and they can kind of look at it from an outsider's perspective. And um, that's the really cool thing about finding someone like that to work with is because, you know, you're kind of just like joining your minds and finding what works for both of you. And really cool things can come out of it that way. So. That is a rush too when you're when you're listening to playback on the way home, you know, and say, "Wow, yeah. listen to what happened to my song now. It's finally it's got it's taking on a, its own life, you know, a different Absolutely. life of its own." Um, now, you, we had talked earlier about um, you mentioned somebody you were co-writing with on this. You did you had a co-writer yeah. on this? Yeah. So um, my co-writer for Paris was a good friend of mine named Lydia Vaughn. Um, she's an amazing pop artist. She actually just got signed as a writer um, uh, with a publishing deal. And she um, she's just so clever. And we probably wrote this about four or five years ago. So I've had it in my pocket for a while. Um, but, you know, when you write with somebody and especially when I co-write with somebody it can go about all different ways you know we could just make up something random that day we could start playing the guitar and see what comes out of our mouth but that day I came in and was like hey I don't know what you were thinking about today but I have this idea and the hook of the chorus would be part of me wants this and part of me wants Paris and she was like got it and you know she's just so clever and um that day you know we finished the song and I felt so good about it and it was one of those songs that I would play out and people would be really receptive to would come up and tell me they loved it. They would love the way my voice sounded on it. And 
you know, I had, I had, like I said, it's been a, a few years since we wrote it. And um, so I had a lot of time to kind of dream up and visualize what I wanted for the music video and kind of fantasize about that. So that's why this song was, you know, my idea to do for the next single, because I thought it was such a visual, beautiful song. And I had so many, you know, hopes and dreams for it. Yeah, I, I love it. Um Tell me about co-writing now, Teresa. Did you have any experience with co-writing before you came to Nashville? As far as sitting oh. in a room with people and, and working out ideas, was that was that the first um, experience with that? Um, no, so I didn't do it before Nashville, but like that definitely wasn't my first experience because me and her um, had known each other for a while. My first experience was with. Um, a lady named Jan Buckingham. She actually has written songs for like Tim McGraw and Whitney Houston. Um, I met her at an open mic when I moved here. It was like my third night in town. And I was on my computer sitting alone in my apartment, Googling open mics. And I called an open mic and said, Hey, um, do you guys have any more spots? They said, we have one more, you better get down here. And so I like ran out the door, got there, waited all night. But you know, people who were playing the round before that, were playing and there was a lot of talented artists and so I sat there all night and um this lady uh sat down at my table and was like how long you been here honey I was like three days and she was like well I'm a lucky penny for you to meet how about you come to my barbecue this Saturday I was like okay and then you know she got on stage and there this is Jan Buckingham she's written for Tim McGraw what do you I'm like um I'm going to the barbecue <laughs> And so I went to the barbecue that weekend and um, she had actually over time taken a lot of young artists under her wing. And so it was really fun because I got to meet a lot of young artists and like actually a handful of them became really close friends of mine over the years. Like one of them I'm still like best friends with to this day and all really talented. We've all written together at different times. And um, that was one of those just magical things that I moved here and I was like, okay, you know, this is supposed to be started started right at the beginning right it started the right way that's that's really incredible you know that's that's a storybook thing you know <laughs> yeah no i mean i can't even explain to you how many like movie like plots have happened to me since i've moved to nashville because there's been a lot and like you know i'd call back and tell my parents and they're just like what it, what is happening like this is so weird you know yeah so i mean it's that's that's kind of just like signs i took from above that i was you know where I was supposed to be and this was the right decision to make to move here. Yeah, let's give everybody a listen. This is Paris.
Wanna buy some land Wanna build a house With a picket fence and a couple kids in a small town Wanna backpack through Italy Wanna drink some wine on the hillside of this but part of me wants paris great lyrics uh that one just hits me right in the heart love that song love it Teresa gidry um check it out de311 on the website or you can check out Teresa gidry anywhere on social media follow her support her as well as the other three artists sam coon holly lovelady and zach linton it was a joy to do this show and bring you guys the Spotlight Series number five. And uh, if you know of any artists who would like to be on this show, they can always go to dharmicevolution.com uh, forward slash guests and apply to be a guest on this show. Look for indie artists all over the world. We're going back to the UK. We're going back to uh, Australia and other parts unknown. That's a wrap for me today. I'm your host for the Dharmic Evolution, James Kevin O'Connor. So until the next time when we meet again, I'll either see you on the socials or I'll see you from the stage. Ride on, ride on, baby, won't you take a ride with me? Ride on, ride on, we can untangle all the mystery. If wishes were windows, I'd open one and find That freedom is really a simple state of mind So ride on, ride on, baby, won't you take a ride with me? Ride on, ride on
Pictures in your mind. I'll take you places 